Welcome back to the Fifth Year Podcast. As always, we've got Clint Maxey in the producer chair, Zach Ruley, and yours truly, Parker Biggs, hosting. Uh, we've got a fun episode ahead. We're really excited to bring on George Stoya to talk uh, Russell Wilson news, uh, talk some March Madness, and have a fun discussion about who's QB1 uh, in the Big 12 for 2022. George covers the Denver Broncos for the Denver Gazette. Uh, he's had pre- previous stops uh, with the Arkansas Democrat Gazette the Detroit Free Press, and the OU Daily. And I've known George uh, for a long time, long enough to see uh, maybe one of the greatest physical specimens I've seen on a basketball court. Uh, so uh, pretty long time. Uh, excited to uh, have, have you on. Welcome, George. Yeah, what was the name of that, that basketball team we had that Dancing, I played with you guys? Dancing River. Man, that was Dancing awesome. River. Yeah. That Wait, is that time. so? So I technically like took his spot in the church league last year when we were in well, the, so Dancing the River A goes, League with G Dancing, League teams. Dancing River goes way back to to high school. Initially joining random like AAU tournaments, and it actually sadly uh, did trickle into college as well. We did play in a few uh, AAU tournaments. Uh, I I don't think George is part of that, but is that allowed? Is that allowed? No, no, no. I'm sure it's. Uh, that seems very uh, scummy. Oh, well, you're horrible, though. Like, everyone – Really bad. Just, you know, they hate they hated it at first uh, because we would – like, they'd see us, and they would see a few of our buddies would have, like, chest hair coming out. They would question it, ask for some – maybe some ID, maybe a, a birth certificate. But then when the 14-year-old kids get up, like, 11 to 3 early, that they take the win. Also, and, a lot of those AAU tournaments, correct me if I'm wrong, they'll just take the money. Like, if you're going to oh. pay the entry fee, like, they don't give a shit. Like, let's just do it. Yeah, no. I mean, I, we were maybe 21 when we played in the last, the last, the last time. So, uh, not yeah, my I think proudest we, we had we we lost to I remember we lost to like a a freshman basketball team from like the middle of nowhere and uh it was like we had like a college basketball player on our team, Hutch was playing. <laughs> yep. Uh I mean, I played in high school, like I wasn't bad and we lost to like a bunch of like 14-year-olds and I was like, this is sad, but Oh, and they were cocky little guys too. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. Well, we'll uh, we'll get up, get past. Shout out uh, Dancing River on the podcast. Yeah. Can't believe we have it. <laughs> At some point, it had to come now. up. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, George, a conversation that was sparked uh, this weekend. So, Zach, some other guys were over. We were watching March Madness, and a discussion comes up, and I think I assumed wrongly that others thought as high as Dylan Gabriel as I did. I think he's a solid good quarterback and honestly i expect him to be the immediately the best the best big 12 quarterback so zach a few other people kind of uh disagreed strongly so and i can see why i mean there's a he hasn't played at the highest level and i mean there are a lot of unknowns uh in the big 12 at the quarterback position with spencer sanders really being the only proven commodity in the conference so just kind of a fun conversation to start here where do you look uh, when it comes to the hierarchy of the Big 12 quarterbacks? I think it's hard, right? I mean, it's a hard question to answer um, because, like you said, Spencer Sanders is really the only one we know a lot about. And Spencer has been totally inconsistent in his career, it seems like. Um, now, the way he played against Notre Dame, if he can do that for an entire season, then, yeah, he's the best quarterback in the Big 12 and arguably one of the best quarterbacks uh, in the country. I just don't believe that yet. Um but, I mean, I guess you could put him number one right now just because, again, like you said, there's not too many guys proven. Dylan Gabriel, I, I like what he does. I think he obviously fits what Jeff Lebby wants to do at Oklahoma, and so he's going to be able to come in and I think have success pretty early. Uh, but, you know, he has some limitations there uh, in terms of what he's able to do with the ball. I mean, I, mean, I think Oklahoma fans are going to have to, um, you know, temper their expectations because of what they've had in recent history, which is – arguably the best quarterback in the, in the country, you know, the last four or five years. Um, so I think there's a good discussion there. Uh, Quinn Ewers, obviously there's a lot of hype around him. I'll believe it when I see it, uh, especially when it comes to Texas every single year. Um, I saw one guy was tweeting out today and it got up a lot of steam about they're going to have the best offense in the country next year. And I'm like, that's a bold statement for a team that went five and seven last season uh, with Sarkeesian, who I think is a good play caller, but, Again, they were really bad last year. And also Ohio State has just some absolute dudes next year. So I think that they're the clear number one in terms of offense. One guy I will throw in there, and I'm not saying 
that he is number one, but you might, we might be having this discussion at some point next season is Adrian Martinez at Kansas state. And I know that he's been very inconsistent at Nebraska uh, has had an up and down career, but in terms of what Kansas state wants to do, I think he's actually going to be better than what Skylar Thompson was for them. Uh, just because of what he's able to do with his legs. He fits that system really well. Uh, and I'm also a little biased. My cousin is on staff there as the tight ends coach at Kansas State. So I'm a little biased. And he said that he's looked great so far. Um, but I think that Adrian Martinez is a guy that needs to be mentioned. I thought he played well, actually, last year against Oklahoma in Norman. Um, you know, made a few mistakes, obviously, here and there. But I think that if he can take a step in the right direction, he kind of reminds me, honestly, of Spencer Sanders a little bit in terms of his play. Um, so... Those are the guys that I would talk about. I mean, I guess who's the kid from Baylor uh, that played? Cannon, or the kid that that played Shapen, I think was. Yeah, Shapen. I don't even know if he's like the full time guy there. I think it's. Yeah, I don't know. I just think I just know Baylor is going to be good. Like Baylor will probably be good again. Uh, Chandler Morris at TCU, obviously the Oklahoma transfer. I I saw he put on like twenty pounds, uh, and I thought he was playing pretty good football at the end of the season last year when he came in. So maybe he could get into this discussion. But um, I really, I mean, I. I'd, I'd like to know from you guys, this is, this has to be, I don't want to say like all these guys are terrible, but like, is it the worst like quarterback group in the big 12 in a, you know, no doubt. a long time? By, I think by a long shot. It, it for sure is. But to flip that, I think it's like some of the most talent we've seen at running back in a long time uh, too from the conference as a whole. I mean, like OU's always got a loaded room. OSU has been good as of late. Texas, DCU, like, and everybody's kind of lost a couple guys to graduation or transfers, but I my whole thing Saturday wasn't that like Spencer is necessarily the best. I just do think the role needs to be slowed a little bit on Dylan Gabriel. He's also wearing the dumbest helmet I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if you guys saw that. I, today. Hate, I hate to agree with you, really, but I sent that to my OU friends. Something about not not having that top bar just makes it look a little weird. So I guess that helmet can like track head movements and like if a player's hit too hard, it can like sense that. Guess how much that thing costs? And I hate to just go off on a tangent on this helmet, but it was such a dumb looking helmet. Guess uh, how much it costs per helmet? Like seven fifty, right? Seven hundred and fifty dollars. Seven hundred and fifty dollars on that helmet. I so. saw it get your head get scanned for it too. It's pretty. I'm he's also not. He how he's not as big as I thought he was. What is he like? Five nine, five ten. I think he's listed at like 5'11 or 6 foot, but I agree. He doesn't look that. He doesn't look that big. Can he run? I don't like think ba- he like, can. He can run like Baker Mayfield can run. I feel, but that, I like, always thought okay. Baker didn't get the credit for being like a, a very solid runner. Like he wasn't the fastest, but he was. He just found a way to, to get around guys and he knew when to go down and, and when to lower the shoulder. Yeah, I'm looking at his Gabriel's rushing stats. He never ran for more than 169 yards in a season. Like, so it's not, you know, he can make some plays, I think, here and there, but not something you can rely on. And to go further into his stats, just because I haven't pulled up right here, and I do, like, one caveat is he was playing against American Athletic Conference competition, not Power 5 comp- competition, but he did throw for over 8,000 yards with 70 touchdowns and 40 interceptions and basically two seasons because he played, I think, three games this year. Uh, and then – looking further at it because one of, I think the main argument or one of the main arguments against him, and I'm just playing devil's advocate here. I don't necessarily know what to expect from him. I think he'll be good. I don't necessarily think he'll be elite, but he has put up uh, good performances uh, against uh, the power five competition when he's given the opportunity, albeit not necessarily against incredible teams, but against Stanford, he threw for three, 347 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, that was his true freshman year, uh, or his freshman year. I'm not sure if he was redshirt or not. Pittsburgh threw for 338, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, Georgia Tech threw for 417, four touchdowns, one interception. Uh, BYU, not necessarily power five yet, but 217 yards, two touchdowns. And that was through his first two years. So he hasn't really had a t- ton of opportunities. Oh, and then Cincinnati, who went undefeated in 2020 when he played them. 243 yards and three touchdowns so not elite but to counter that i had to look up what uh spencer sanders stats were against don't read them thanks against no 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 not against any just only against group of five and fcs opponents no not not even they're probably not not fantastic and this is this this does not include the tulsa game that he included 
only threw two passes in. He has thrown for – he averages 168 yards per game through the air against FCS and against Group of Five competition. So, small sample, but just throwing that also, out there. To, to, play that double, to play double devil's advocate, OSU is not really opening up the playbook against an FCS or non-Power 5 school. Like, UCF is playing only non-Power 5 schools. Like, we're just going out – we're running the most vanilla shit. Like, he probably plays – Against Missouri, well, Missouri State took us down to the wire last year. I think George was right, nail on the head. If Spencer plays, and I think it comes – like, I don't get why they don't speed him up like they did in that Notre Dame game. It was a lot of no huddle, quick throws. He didn't have to think a whole hell of a lot. Um, if they could do that for him and set him up for success a little bit more with a good offensive line, he could easily be the best quarterback in this conference. Yeah, he and, uh, it, he and Brock Purdy were the kings of just bad turnovers at the wrong time. And if he can eliminate some of those, even just like a third of his turnovers, then Spencer Sanders is really good. Like just well, his so ability. Of his 13 interceptions last year, I'm pretty sure like nine were against OU and Baylor. The How two games against have? Baylor and then uh, he threw two in that game. And then, th- and then four in the Baylor game, the championship, and then two more, I think, whatever that math is, or three more. Yeah, he – um. He struggled against the good teams, which is not good. But except Notre, Notre, plays in Notre Dame's defense was even without Hamilton was still a, a solid bunch. And he, if we, I mean, if we see that Spencer Sanders, like you said, where they speed the offense up like that, I mean, his his ceiling is as high or probably higher than maybe anyone in the conference besides yours. Uh, it's just I personally don't believe we're gonna see. Less I can't buy in, I can't buy into yours. I agree with you guys until we see him actually play a snap, like. I already think it's problematic. He went to a school based purely off of one NIL deal and then left after a year. Yeah. Um, Texas I, also I just like a- they just took Texas also is coming off a season where they totally mishandled their quarterback situation. So it's like, do you think, do you really trust Sarkeesian? Which again, I like Sarkeesian. I thought it was a good hire, but after watching last year, do you really trust him to like make Quinn Ewers this like, you know, God in college football. I just, I just don't see it yet. I, I want to see some, I want to see them have success first. And right. let's not forget, they start off with like Alabama to start the season next year in one of their first couple games. And uh, that could, that could really shake a kid's confidence if they end up losing by like 40. You know, Dude, if they trot out Quinn Ewers for that Bama game, which wouldn't surprise me at all. Actually, I mean, it's either him or Hudson Card, I guess. Uh, he's, that's going to be not pretty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Bad. <laughs> I but, can't tell you who has the worst quarterback in the league. It's I think West Virginia, in my opinion, has the the worst quarterback in. Who even is their quarterback? Daggy's gone, um, right? No, I think he has one more year actually. Oof. But and he's bad. That. He's been there like three, four years, and he's been bad every year. Uh, he almost beat Oklahoma, just throwing slants the whole game. Yeah, never forget. And remember, they brought in the backup a bunch too, the little guy who yeah. ran the ball. Iowa State quarterback situation will be interesting too because we kind of saw I can't remember the kid's name I think he's left a a left-handed kid a little bit thicker but he threw the ball well in some limited opportunities uh, when he had to come in and relief duty but so I mean they lose a ton Iowa State does I don't know quarterback's going to be interesting this year somebody will emerge though as kind of the clear cut number one Kansas uh, Kansas even found a quarterback last year and uh, that kid that came in for the the last few games. Uh, I don't remember what his name was, but he beat beat Texas, took West Virginia down to the wire, and took DCU down to the wire. I believe he was a freshman. So, uh, when Kansas has a better quarterback than you, then you've got issues. And I agree, West Virginia's quarterback. Todd Reesing, <laughs> legend. Bring, bring him back. Yeah, bring back, bring back Todd Reesing. But uh, I agree with George on Adrian Martinez as well. If I had a top five quarterbacks for the conference heading in the next season, I think it would go. I'd have Gabriel one, Sanders two, Martinez three. Uh, I'd probably put Ewers at four just based off. I don't think that many people could be wrong about his talent and everyone raves about him. And then yep. fi- five, who, who, I don't even. Chandler Morris? Probably Chandler Morris. Or Jerry Bohannon. I mean, Jerry Bohannon, like he makes some good throws from time Bohannon. to time. I go with Bohannon. I go with Bohannon. Yeah. Bohannon. Yeah. 
I do have to get this off my chest, however. And I, I'm not accusing you guys because I've, I, you know, Parker Quinn, I talked to you, George. I've seen your Twitter. There's OU fans out there that were giving OSU fans a lot of shit for bringing in UCF to our conference here in a couple of years. And then you guys go poach their quarterback. I don't know. It's just like how, how bad was UCF before their quarterback was available? Well, so. that's a little bit different scenario. It but. is, but. I, I can I can cherry pick I like it. That's a, a little that's bit. a very OSU fan, you know, response there to, yeah, to bring up is. that. But it's a very whatever. defensive take. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. I hope that makes you feel better about about it, about things, you know. <laughs> Us and Baylor are the new LSU Alabama. So definitely the two I think the two teams to beat heading into the, the transition of conferences. Yeah, you guys will be a top group of five school. <laughs> Just fighting for that Peach Bowl invite. Yeah. Hey, the Peach Bowl is a great bowl game. Beautiful town. That's what a group of five school fans says. Oh, I, I'd love to go to the Peach Bowl. <laughs> no, no, no. It's the Fiesta Bowl 10-year tradition. Yeah. yeah. 2031, big year. Off, not off the record, clearly, but I was at a – um, a celebration of marriage this past weekend um, of a former Oklahoma State player, and you guys can uh, use deductive reasoning as to who it was. But I saw some of his teammates, and I, you know, I had to make a comment. I'm like, "Hey, if you're running the ball, like you get into the end zone, right?" And he just started dying laughing. I'm not going to name who the player was, but he's on the roster last year, and he he wasn't the one with the football. I can tell you that much. But he just started dying. He goes, "What the hell do you think?" So. <laughs> Um, I think anybody else in that scenario on the roster scores a touchdown. I think you get in the end zone, really. I'm cutting think- back. I already told you the physics don't make sense. There's no way that kid could have tackled me. Like, if you would have gone through him – okay, not me, but, like, if Desmond Jackson had gone through him or cut back, there's no way he tackled you. Yeah. It would have been the greatest tackle in the history of college football. Yeah. I don't know how that – it doesn't make sense to me how he didn't get in. But, you know – it's uh, one of those moments that you can learn from, Zach. You'll be a better fan next year. Um, okay, well, let's move on uh, into uh, uh, George's wheelhouse. So there's been big news in your world uh, in the last few weeks with Russell Wilson uh, being traded from the Seattle Seahawks, heading to Denver after like months of speculation about with whether Aaron Rodgers would end up in Denver and that, and it ends up being Russell Wilson. So what have uh, these last few weeks been like for you? Crazy, man. I mean, it went from, you know, look, you know, looking ahead to covering possibly Drew Locke again uh, to them, you know, trading for Russell Wilson, which was really out of the blue uh, for a lot of people, you know, myself included. Um, and uh, even national media guy, I've talked to several guys who are, are top insiders in the NFL and they didn't necessarily see this coming either. And there was even people that I've spoken to inside the Broncos organization that uh, didn't see it coming. So um, it's been massive. And, and I think that, you know, f- for the Broncos, since Peyton Manning retired in 2016, you know, they've had, I think it's 12 different starting quarterbacks now. Um, and they've all been horrible. Um, you know, Ted- Teddy Bridgewater was arguably the best of any of them. And he was just okay last year. Um and so for them to land a guy like Russell Wilson and already have a, a, a really good roster in terms of the guys they have on defense and Justin Simmons, Bradley Chubb uh, went out and got Randy Gregory this offseason. Um, and then on offense, you have guys like Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, guys who, um, you know, the stats haven't said that they've been great, you know, this so far in their career, other than Sutton, I think he made a Pro Bowl uh, his first or second season. Uh, and then, you know, Judy, whose stats really have not been as good as I think people had hoped. Uh, and I think that's largely because of the quarterback play. I mean, he's been catching passes from Drew Locke and, um, you know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater and I'm forgetting someone else. Brett Rippon, I think was a starter there for a while. Um, so to have a guy like Russell Wilson come in, I think the Broncos, you know, are going to be, I'm not going to say Super Bowl contenders just yet because the AFC is ridiculous right now in terms of, quarterback play in just some of these teams and specifically the AFC West when you look at the Chiefs, the Chargers and the Raiders and what they've been able to do this offseason. But they're definitely firmly in the playoff discussion. And once you get to the playoffs, all bets are off, as we saw this last year with the run that the Bengals made uh, to the Super Bowl. So 
Um, it definitely puts them in a good spot. And it sounds like Russell Wilson wants to stay here for the rest of his career, which would obviously be huge for the Broncos. They wouldn't have to worry about, you know, drafting a guy um, just yet, or at least for not, uh, not for, you know, another few years, which they've totally missed on, you know, drafting quarterbacks throughout their history. So um, that's the other good news. Where do you, so you brought up how loaded the AFC is specifically the West. Where do you put, Denver in the pecking order going into next season? I'd say second, but it's really like the Chiefs are one. And the only reason I say the Chiefs are one is because they've won the division the last six years. Uh, and until somebody beats them, it's kind of like the Oklahoma deal, right? Where they won, you know, seven Big 12 championships. And until somebody else won it, um, I wasn't going to dethrone them. Uh, and that's kind of where I'm at with the Chiefs. And they're still going to be really good next year. I mean, they've pretty much got everybody back. Uh, but but Tyron Matthew, and then they also went out and got Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. So Chiefs are one. And then I think the other three teams are really probably tied for second. Maybe the Raiders are in last um, just because Derek Carr is not as good as those guys. But he's still a good – you know, he's an above-average quarterback in the NFL. And they just got Devontae Adams, uh, who obviously played with Carr in college. So they have chemistry. So I think they're going to be able to put up a lot of points. And they got Chandler Jones in free agency – and then you look at the Chargers, and they have Herbert, who I think is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Uh, and then they went out and got Khalil Mack, and they've got J.C. Jackson, the corner, uh, Justin Reed. Or no, did Justin Reed go to the Chiefs? I think he went to the, yeah. the Chiefs. Uh, but, you know, all these teams are loading up. I actually wrote about it a couple of days ago, and it's just – I think it's like 28 or 29 combined Pro Bowls uh, among eight players that were added to the AFC West this offseason – which is just a ridiculous number. I mean, it was already a talented division. Now it's easily, I think, the best division in football. So it's going to be really tough uh, to win the division. And I don't think the Broncos will, but I think they'll be sitting right there at second or third. And I think you finish second or third in the division, you're going to make the playoffs. So if it's not Super Bowl or bust necessarily right now, that seems like a lot to give up unless you really think, you know, we can go win a Super Bowl immediately. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, a lot of people thought it was a lot to give up and, and, and it was, but in reality, the, the Broncos set themselves up in a position that they could give a lot up and actually not give that much up, if that makes sense. So like the Von Miller trade, right. Uh, when they traded him to the Rams, they gave up or they, they got back a second and a third and they didn't have to give up either of those picks uh, in the Russell Wilson deal. So really they lost this year's first round pick and next year's first round pick. Uh, but they already have that. And they also had a couple other trades that gave them more future round picks that they can move up into the first round if they wanted to. But I think at the end of the day, what we're seeing in the NFL, and I know you said we wanted to get maybe into Baker later, but like the, the arms race at quarterback is just ridiculous. And if you don't have a top quarterback, like the reality is you're probably not going to win a Super Bowl. I mean, we've seen that with the 49ers, I think are the perfect example, right? They, they have Jimmy Garoppolo, who is an average to above average quarterback, and they just can't get over the hump of winning a Super Bowl. And I think that's largely because of Jimmy G. And they have a relatively great roster, right? Uh, and the Rams are the other perfect example, right? What they did last season, you know, I thought they overpaid for Matt Stafford. Turns out they paid just the right amount because they went and won a Super Bowl uh, with Matt Stafford. So I think that that's what you're seeing a lot of these teams doing is they're kind of copying – that, that formula that the Rams showed last year and going out and getting these top quarterbacks because, yeah, you might be giving up a few future first-round picks, uh, but if you end up winning a Super Bowl, even in the next five years, which they think Russell Wilson is in his prime, um, then it's probably worth you know giving up a few first-round picks. And I think we've also seen that you know recent quarterback classes just haven't turned out as well as people had hoped. I mean, you look at last year's class, and maybe they end up – maybe Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Zach Wilson – turn out to be franchise guys, but um, you know, Justin Fields struggled last year. Trevor Lawrence struggled, which was not his fault. Uh, obviously with the stuff that was going on in Jacksonville, Zach Wilson went to a horrible franchise in the jets. So not his fault either. But, but the point is you, and you look at this quarterback draft, there's just not really a ton of guys that you're like, that guy's going to be a franchise quarterback someday. Uh, so I think that that was the thought process is here. We can get a 33 year old quarterback who we think is in the prime of his career uh, and can, you know, maybe take us to one or two Super Bowls over the course of the next five or, you know, to eight years. And uh, if, if he does, I think that that's obviously worth the trade. Did Russell yeah, – oh, go ahead, Zach. I was going to say, you hit the nail on the head, in my opinion. You, the Rams have kind of done this all-in, 
mentality. And I think that's kind of shifted the way other offices are thinking, front offices are thinking. Because, I mean, the Broncos were probably arguably the most Super Bowl-ready roster in the league, right? They just needed the quarterback. Same with the Rams last year. They went out and got it. And Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Matt Stafford is. So if you think your roster is, is ready and you just need that one position, the Rams sold the farm. And I don't think they have a first-round pick to like 2025 or something of their own. So they're going to be hurting eventually. But right now, they're the best team in football. And they might be again next year because they're retaining a decent amount of guys. And they're showing that they're not afraid to, to risk the entire future just for the now. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. And, and obviously, you know, they made other moves. They went out and got Odell Beckham Jr. They, you know, traded for Von Miller. And, and the Broncos are going to have to make, you know, more moves to do that. I mean, they still have a lot of, you know, issues that they need to fill up. But I, I just think that when you have an elite quarterback like we've seen Russell Wilson be in his career and he's been relatively healthy other than last season when he hurt his finger, I think it's a bet you have to take, especially in the way that the league's going right now. And he fits, you know, they, they just hired Nathaniel Hackett. Uh, from from Green Bay, who and he fits that offense. Um, you know, they they know each other, so I, I just think it was the perfect fit. And you you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. From my understanding, Aaron Rodgers they were interested, but they always wanted Russell Wilson over Aaron Rodgers because of his age. And again, Russell Wilson they're already talking about putting together a deal that would keep him here for like ten years. And he said that he wants to play till he's forty five. Now I don't know if he can actually do that, but if you get Russell Wilson for ten years, then obviously the trade. Um, you know, it, it's definitely worth it. Did, did Russell look a little pudgy the other day? I saw some comments about that. <laughs> he did. I was surprised, uh, but maybe that's how he's always maybe looked. I don't know. I think he um, is just kind of thick in stature, thick, actually. Thick boy. I don't know. He just yeah, put out thick. a video of him dropping like an 80-yard bomb to Cortland Sutton on Twitter. That. So if he can do that, then I think uh, Broncos fans will be just fine if he's a little bit pudgy. <laughs> I'm going to reach for Cortland Sutton in fantasy again. I already know. Oh, he's him and Judy are going to be like picks in like the first three rounds just because the thought of Russell playing really well out there. I would also, if, I mean, he's not a guy that I would draft early in fantasy, but KJ Hamler, if he comes back healthy from his injury this last year, that dude's a speedster and he will be the Tyler Lockett of this offense. He will be the, the deep ball guy. So uh, he's a guy that could tear up fantasy next year as a surprise guy. Speaking of Lockett, Noted. I hope I hope they move him. I I feel bad for the Tulsa native. I don't I don't want him to rot up there. Yeah. Well, I think he might be having Baker as his quarterback. Maybe I think that could, I think that's that's what I think that's the most likely up. landing spot for Baker. Right? It's either that or he's going to be. Oh, a I'm thinking the USFL. <laughs> no, there's Panthers with the Birmingham yeah. Iron. They need a team. They need a guy. There's nothing pokes love more than poking fun at baker i i can't tell you Look, how many I air comfort to, I, solution I like, I like tweets baker. i've seen already from osu twitter you can ask uh, my osu buddies i like i used to like drool over like how good a leader baker was especially in college i was like i hate this guy but at the same time i love him to death like he's cocky but he can be cocky um but like i if i'm the giants like or the like are we really that bought into daniel jones because if he sucks this year you're gonna kick him to the curb next year you're gonna draft like Caleb Williams or I guess Caleb wouldn't be eligible but like Rattler or one of the you know what I mean like when you're yeah. the Giants like what the fuck do I have to lose go get Baker or the or the Panthers said that too. the Panthers, yeah. Panthers to said that they're not going in on him which that's what that's what's amazing about this and look I, I'm probably a Baker homer because I know Baker personally and I you know covered him in college and and all that crap but like it is it is amazing to me that some of these teams are taking guys like Mitchell Trubisky, um, uh, Marcus Mariota, like all these guys that have like already like busted out in the end. Like they're, they're not good. Like we know they're not good over a guy like Baker, who I know he had did not have a good season last year. And we, you can use the injury as an excuse, which I, I think is a valid excuse at times. Uh, but it was only like 14 months ago that he was beating the Steelers in the playoffs, if, you know, like it's, and he had a great season that year. And, and really even the two years before that, he was pretty good. And he's had like what three different head coaches and, and different coordinators. Like I, it just amazes me how many people are already like, Oh yeah, he's just a, he's a backup. I'm like, wait a second. You're talking about Mitchell Trubisky starting for the Pittsburgh yeah, he was, Steelers. Like, Baker was ninth in QBR in 2020. Like, yeah. I mean, 
what are we doing? I think here? it's incredible that they the Colts chose and I actually don't think Matt Ryan is like as done as some quote unquote experts I agree he is. I think he still has good football. But the fact that like the Colts were like, Yeah, we'd rather go with this guy that can't move a lick, like um hasn't perf- I mean he's had de- like pretty solid numbers still in Atlanta, but he's been rotting away down there basically. Hasn't played meaningful football in a while. They believe that guy is going to get them closer to making the playoffs and winning the division than Baker Mayfield. I just don't know if that's true. Yeah, Andy Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz. I that's that I, I I am baffled by Carson Wentz having a job in the NFL as a starter. Ba- but Baker got hurt by the trade happening later in the cycle after the Steelers had gotten Trubisky after the uh, what are they called the Commanders now? The Washington yep. Commanders got uh, Wentz. I actually uh, like football team better. Oh, I do too. They should have. I do too. Now. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. yeah but, I also, I, I also have ahead. to say, just quickly, that as much as I think Baker somewhat mishandled this offseason and the way that he approached some of the things he did on social media, the fact that the Browns leaked that one report that they were looking for an adult at quarterback. That's and then, a, the biggest load of shit. I've well, ever and then they and then they sign a guy that has twenty two women. Yeah. You know. It yeah. Just. I mean, he might not on, even man. be eligible to play next year. Yeah, I mean, he might I just still be suspended. That rubbed me the wrong way, right? But. And I agree, Baker does handles a lot of things differently than I would. But he's the first quarterback to take you in or take you to the playoffs since what, like Bernie Kosar? Yeah, he. I mean, or Vinny Testaverde, didn't he? Or no, I'm not sure. I know Kosar did. I'm not sure. Yeah, so I, but and then this is how you treat him. Yeah. Why would you even release that if if he's a guy that you're trying to move? Why would you? Yeah, he would have died for that the, city, man. He would have died for I, Cleveland. I'd probably put the Browns on my like poverty franchise list, and when I say poverty franchise, I just mean they're really stupid. Yeah, I'd I'd put them on there. Yeah, no like, doubt. With, like with the Jaguars and the Jets of the world, like they're even. I mean, like the Watson move, and all. Like, I mean, it seems like a really smart move. Like Sean Watson's really good. Whether or not he's allowed to play or should be allowed to play is a different story, but they definitely mishandled it. Both both parties did. No doubt. I think best-case scenario, Clint sent me something earlier, best-case scenario for Baker might be the Browns don't have the uh, interest or the uh, they're not getting offers with the draft capital that they hope for, and they just cut them. And they're, you know, a team like Pittsburgh – uh, or someone won't wouldn't have to pay as much for him. And there could be some opportunities there. God, how great now, would that be if he went full heel and just signed with the Steelers? That would be awesome. I was that gonna would. say now, if you're him though, and you get cut, you could almost argue he should wait. Like, like obviously keep working out and stuff, and wait a couple weeks into the season, maybe. Because somebody's gonna get hurt. Yeah, somebody will get hurt, and then he could go on like a prove it deal, like ball out, and then maybe get another starting job. I don't know. That that's kind of a, a riskier play. But Seattle now like Drew Locks. I mean, George, you've seen him. I don't think he's that that good, is he? He's bad. He's very bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see he throws off his back foot a lot, which I know I'm not I'm not a, a scout. He he has he has some talent. Like his arm strength is like ridiculous, but the decision making is just some of the worst I've ever seen. Yeah. Well, and that's a problem in the NFL. In the Seahawks, I will say, as we were recording this, I believe Pete Carroll uh, came out and said that they're going to have a competition at quarterback, and they're still looking at their options to bring in more competition or, or to improve at that um, position. I think – I don't know what the exact quote is, but it basically indicated that they might be interested in Baker Mayfield. And as many issues as Seattle has, most notably, I don't know if they could protect Baker, but I do think – Pete Carroll and Baker Mayfield could be a, a good um, duo. And I think that that offensive system, although I know there's they've had some changes uh, with the offensive coordinator, I think that system could work for him because a guy like Russell who's shorter, uh, you know, it's a, a shotgun spread it out type offense rather than the more under center traditional uh, pro style offense. So, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst place for him to end up. Well, and I mean, he would, He'd also have, you know, DK Metcalf around him, Tyler Lockett. Uh, I mean, they've, they've got some playmakers. Um, and you also look at the NFC. I mean, all these quarterbacks are going to the AFC now. I mean, where would he be in terms of NFC quarterbacks? I mean, he could be arguably in the top five in the NFC in terms of quarterback play because you're talking about Aaron Rodgers and 
Stafford, Kyler, Kyler Murray, Dak. Uh, I mean, that's it. Dak. Yeah. So I mean, he he's, Dak, he's Dak right conference though. Dak, Dak, some pussy. Yeah. yeah. The, the conference would be loaded. tough. Yeah. 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 Definitely the strongest NFC division. Um. Any uh, any more thoughts before Ruli? You want to lead us into some uh, March Madness talk? Yeah, I mean, I thought I don't know about you guys. I thought this past, I, this tournament always delivers. Like, even if there's no buzzer beaters, you get something like St. Peter's dominating the bottom part of that bracket. Like, always a great story. There's always great games. It's literally the best four days of the year, sports wise. Um, maybe not the best sports time period of the year, but just like. I, I, my favorite, I don't know if you guys, I actually had a really good weekend um, in the hypothetical bets uh, world. Sunday, I went seven and zero as singles, and then I parlayed them all as well. Uh, like hypothetical plus, bets world. What is this talk? Yeah, like plus 4,600 for the parlay. So I had a pretty good day. Wait, so you, you, I was didn't... seeing the board well. Okay. Okay. That's, so I, had, like, I had, I had Memphis nine and a half. Providence minus four, Michigan six and a half, Creighton plus 12, UNC plus five and a half, tied those all together and then added actually New Mexico State six and a half, which turned into a bit of a sweat. But um, any surprises, I guess, in the bracket so far from any of you guys? It's got to be St. Peter's, right? I mean, okay, yeah, yeah. Anything else then? Uh, That makes no sense. Colorado State is dead to me um yeah they 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 came out so hot i think they just got tired yeah well in michigan i just didn't think michigan was good and for them to be in the sweet 16 well and then for them to turn around and beat tennessee who i had in the final my final four was tennessee purdue kansas gonzaga and i have kansas winning it all and okay uh, my national championship my national championship (laughs) is kentucky iowa Oof, the SEC has been bad, man. The SEC so the has been 10. horrible and the big 10, which I, you know, I don't want to say I knew that I just picked against them in spite uh, because I just hate the big 10, but yeah, both those conferences have been very bad. The big 12 has been obviously very good. Um, but it seems like other than last year, when Baylor won it all, they can never like get over the hump of winning or even getting to the final four. Sometimes they usually have like teams that make it to the sweet 16 and then they like fizzle out. The team that has made me feel so smart, like I actually like all those hours of watching college basketball this year paid off was North Carolina. Like they came on so strong late in the year after watching them embarrass Coach K um, in that last game in Cameron Indoor. I was like, I love these guys. They play hard. There's like six deep. Uh, That being said, I've never seen a team struggle to break a press more in the history of college, but major college basketball than what happened Saturday. It's because Brady Manick wasn't on the floor. I didn't – so I never actually saw the ejection. Was it actually a little uncalled for? I um, thought it was accidental. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I thought he was going to get a flagrant one because yeah. I think the rule is like if you hit somebody in the head with an elbow and it's not intentional, then it's – I think it's a flagrant one. And that's what I thought he was going to get. And then he got ejected. It, no one, I, in my opinion is unless you're like throwing punches, no one should be ejected from the NCAA tournament. Like let the, let the boys play. Right. And I, I've also, that was, that's also been my biggest takeaways. The officiating is just, oh, tr- that yeah. If you're going to be bad, be, or if you're going to call the game physical, like let like it has to be physical the whole game. Well, it's been a ref show that uh, hanging on the rim tech against yes. Illinois. So bad. Illinois bad. was right, was bad. right in that game when that happened. And then, yeah, you should want to take the wind out of your sails. Yeah. Uh, but I, go ahead. I hate how right. I think we talked about it last week how right the stats have been on Houston. Um, I told you my worry was that they lost Marcus Sasser and then their second leading scorekeeper's name in December to like blown knees. But the Ken Palm stats, every advanced analytic says they're good. And I didn't believe them because I've watched them and I'm like, well, they struggle against some AAC schools. Like, I don't care what the stats say, I'm watching this. The stats were right. I don't know why I doubted them this time, but like Houston looks legit i don't know if they're gonna beat arizona but kelvin sampson has just a straight up machine going down there i kind of like i kind of like them to beat beat arizona after watching arizona against tcu and just how physical and long houston looks like i don't know like illinois couldn't do anything but then again illinois couldn't do anything against uh chattanooga either but kelvin kelvin sampson 
I feel like he's got to be one of the most underappreciated college basketball coaches of all time. I think he's top yeah. 10 in the country right now. I would top say, 10, I mean, oh, he's I would, probably a top five coach, honestly. Yeah. I would argue top three. I mean, I seriously don't, can't think of three coaches that I would 100%. I mean, Coach K, maybe Bill Self, but I mean, I don't even know about yeah, that. Yeah, I'm put, uh, I'd, I'd put uh, Mark Bill's, Few. Yeah, yeah, those three. KU's um, got a, I think K, KU's my, my favorite at this point, just based on what we've watched. If we could do a, a re, you know, so you submit your new bracket, I'd probably pick Kansas. But Tech looks good. I think they're going to beat Duke. Um, I picked them. They're to shooting Duke. the ball. Yeah, they're shooting the ball really well. They're also one of the oldest teams in this tournament by age, and Duke is one of the youngest. So they're also just like super athletic and like lengthy. Oh, like they just get in the way of people. Like their defense is just amazing. That was the thing watching that Miami Auburn game. Like you think SEC? I normally think like SEC even basketball players are more superior athletes. Miami just out athleted those guys all day. Ran Auburn around them, jumped over them. Like Jabari Smith got put on a poster in the I think it was the second half. But it's like that guy's supposed to be number two, number one overall pick in the NBA draft, and he's looking like an idiot right now. Auburn peaked in like early January. They got to number one. They have all that talent, and then I feel like after that, just kind of fell apart. And I think a lot of that, I mean, I haven't, I can't, I'm not going to act like I watch a ton of Auburn basketball, but those dudes are playing hero ball. It's just ISO after ISO after Their ISO. Guards, man. Their guards are just bad. And I'm, I'm mad at Auburn because I had a three game parlay and I had Houston tech and Auburn money line for like plus 200 or whatever. And the one I was worried about was Houston and they yeah. won. So I was like, okay, like I got this in the bag easy. And then I watched that Auburn Miami game. I was like, what, what is the, and I haven't watched, I have to say too, I've not watched like almost any college basketball this year. Like that's the one thing with the NFL, like the NFL does not stop. And so like, I just haven't had the time to sit down and watch a ton of college basketball. But if I had watched Auburn earlier this year, there's no way in hell I would have bet on them because it's just ridiculous what they do with the ball. It's just so careless. I can't No, they, their the guard end. play. That was like the warning with them coming in is that, they just are so reckless with the basketball sometimes. It's like absurd. And it came, I mean, especially, it came back to bite them. Especially when they're down. They just force up shots. Oh, and they fold too. Yeah. They, they kind of quit um, the other day. I don't know if you guys saw the clip. Like Katie Johnson had a turnover. They called a charge, is what it was. And he just kind of like hung his head and started pouting. Like, and that's like a senior leader on the team that's happening to you. cannot have that in March. Yeah. Nope. But you cannot. I, Last thing, unless you guys have anything. If Kansas, if they make the natty, well, Providence is good. I do want to add that. But there does exist a world where Kansas beats Providence. Um, who would they get? I think Iowa State. Iowa State, Miami, yeah. whoever wins that one. Like, if KU somehow, like, ends their thing, like, Providence, Iowa State, St. Peter's in the national championship, like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> that will piss me off so much. I don't want to see Kansas win. A semi-reasonable path to the to the championship for KU could be Providence, Iowa State, or Miami, and then potentially Which Michigan is, too. Michigan like, who does St. Peter's play? Purdue. Purdue. play UC, yeah, Purdue. Which uh, okay? Which you would Purdue's going to oh, win? Purdue, that. Purdue should win that. win that, but Purdue's defense is sloppy at times. Yeah, but St. Peter's is scoring. The the thing about St. Peter's is, and I, I love the story and all that stuff, but when when these teams, these 15 seeds or 13 seeds, the reason they win these these early games and make it to the Sweet 16, a lot like ORU last year, is there there's not like these these teams aren't studying a ton of tape on like St. Peter's and stuff. So I think they surprise them by some of the stuff that they do. And so now that Purdue's had, you know, a week or whatever it is, a few days to like study and prepare for a team like St. Peter's. Whereas like Kentucky, I guarantee you Kentucky did not spend a ton of time studying St. Peter's film. I think that Agreed. that's how like, and and then you turn around and they play like what, two days later um, against who did they even play? Murray state. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a quick turnaround for a team that you really don't know a ton about. And so I think that they, they throw curveballs, and, and that's why like Purdue, Purdue should easily win, but who knows? I mean, it would be awesome if they, if St. Peter's won again, but I just don't, I don't buy it. So who do you guys think is going to win? Who at this point? Who do you, who do you guys have? I'd still Kansas. go with Gonzaga. 
Yeah, I think it's gonna be a guns. I think it's gonna be Gonzaga or, or Kansas. I mean, that's who I've had. That's who I picked originally. So I'm gonna stick with. It. I think both teams have looked pretty good so far. I, I mean, Gonzaga. I don't know how you guard uh, Chet, and then you've got Drew Timmy, who, by the way, I I personally just don't like Drew Timmy. The whole, See, I like him. I like him. Uh, he, the kissing to the fans and. It All shouldn't be after every, every bucket's a little intense um, to <laughs> yes. do that. But I think after like a big dunk, you could do that. No problem. He's but, so yeah. crafty. He's so just. I just think he, I remember good. him doing it last year in the national championship game when they were down like 20. And I was like, what is this guy doing? <laughs> like, yeah. And um, I guess we can get into some college basketball coaching news because there there is quite a bit. Uh, Tom Crean out at Georgia, Mike White, the old Florida coach, is going to go there. And there was a lot of speculation he was going to go to Ole Miss. I guess he was an, an Ole Miss alum and one of the better basketball players in their history. Uh, they were Florida replaces Mike White, Todd Golden from San Francisco, who had a really good season this year, um, kind of a smaller team. The one that's really interesting to me, um, Bruce Weber out at Kansas State after an illustrious career, um, that beautiful head of hair he's grown out this, this season. Can't believe they even made the tournament. Wait, no, they didn't. No, they, they just not. weren't any good. They haven't been good since they had that lucky Elite Eight run. Jerome Tang is going to take over. Baylor assistant Scott Drew's top guy. That's a really good hire for for Kansas State. Shocked it's not Brad Underwood though. Yeah, I'm that uh, Bryce or that uh, Scott Drew coaching tree is going to get bigger and bigger gonna, because yeah, unfortunately SMU did you SMU parted or mutually parted ways with Tim Jankovic? which I'm very glad about. And apparently SMU's top target is Grant McCasland, North Texas. I like that, one. that would be yeah. a hell of a hire. That That's would be a really a good hire. So That's we'll who see. wasn't OU. Wasn't that the name that was popping up last year when OU was going through their search before they, yeah. they yeah. got in on Moser. Yeah. yeah. Which I think they would have done it. Say he was at SMU. I think North Texas to OU is a little bit big of a jump with no previous yeah. tournament history, but um LSU firing Will Wade a day before the tournament. Pretty interesting. Um, they're bringing Should in the, years the Murray ago. State head coach. Yeah, which they're losing. They have like a top five recruiting class in the country. And all, every kid's decommitted already. So It's just hilarious that at, at one point LSU had uh, Ed, Ed Ogeron, Kim Mulkey, and uh, Will Wade. All, what a all cast of characters. God <laughs> uh, damn. That, I mean, that kind of tells you that athletic department cares about one thing and what, it's winning. Um, <laughs> yeah. They don't care what you're doing on the side as long as you're winning fucking games. Will Wade, first class scumbag, though. He's like one of those coaches that's like so scummy. You almost like like watching him. Oh, yeah. He's in the hall. Because he's in the hall. He's of not afraid of to scumbags. cheat. Exactly. Like, and he'll cheat his ass off. He does not care. Like, Nate Oates looks a little scummy to me. Like that guy looks like he, he would cheat and like pay recruits and not have a problem doing it. Um, Sean Miller was another great example. Like first team all scumbag. He's, he actually just got back hired to Xavier where he coached from like 2000, 2008. So that's a pretty good hire for Xavier, but Sean Miller, Will Wade, first team all scumbags. They, I'm going to defend Mike Boyd in once more. They have those guys on tape offering money to recruits, not a single sanction against either of the schools. OSU complied, lost three scholarships here and was banned this year. Is what it is. But man, I just don't like throwing Mike Boynton in the same breath as those guys. Which he, he he's not. He's not. Uh, anyone with any sort of reason. In a brain, yes. Yeah. Also, Bill Rafferty said Mike Boynton could be like the next Coach K and like what he means to the game of basketball. Bill Rafferty is. He maybe said that losing, about real maybe pro. losing it. He said bit. about who? No, he's not. <laughs> Mike Boynton. That he could be the next like Coach K level of influence on the game of basketball. Is he joking? <laughs> no, he's a total. What's the joke about? I they I've went fifteen and fifteen this year, man. <laughs> look, look, look. I've been critical of Mike, but man, I don't want that guy. I like want him to succeed so bad at OSU next year. Like if he next year is kind of a make or break deal. Like if he's bad, I'm. I'm sure he's, he's a gonna great be like guy. The, I, I think Mike Boynton's an, an awesome dude, but the success. The coaching's a little left to be desired. I agree. 100%. I think he might be the next Dickie V. He'll be a superstar on Whoa. TV. They do. Somebody, Jeff Goodman was saying, he's like, they should, when Mike Boynton retires, whatever that is. Well, he was be, awesome. He was awesome in that TV big 12 tournament coverage. Yeah. He's great. I mean, that's, and that's how he is. He called the OSC women's coach. He was the first person to call her before the AD even did, I think, yeah, when they hired her the other day. Like, he's just too bad he wasn't coaching in the tournament. 
I think that I actually do stand by. I think they would have made it somehow, and they probably would have won a, the first round game like forty six to thirty nine. I don't think. I think the overall record would cut them out. I agree. I think they should. I do think they were tournament good easily. How'd my boy Bryce, Bryce play this year? That's my guy. Good. Bryce he's Thompson. he's a dog. He's developing a little bit. He uh, he struggled at times, but when he's he's definitely like the tough shot maker on the team. Which they actually just had. So they have the Boone brothers, and Keelan Boone has decided to move on with his athletic career. However, Caleb, the big man, is staying. So pretty interesting dynamic there. I'm sure that'll be a little weird for them as a family, but maybe not. Who knows? A lot of roster turnover there with both OSU and OU. For sure. For sure. Um, Okay, well, I think that's that's all we had. Any, Any final thoughts from anyone? I just want to say thanks for having me on, guys. You guys have had some big name guests. Uh, I'm a fan of the podcast, by the way. I, you know, my buddy Eddie was on uh, uh, Joe Castiglione Jr. That's my guy. We were we were good friends in college. Uh, still, still good friends. Uh, you guys had McMurphy on, which was like one of your first. It was. Episodes. Yeah, that was like our our second or third episode. Yeah, that's. I mean, he's he's like the guy in college football. Him and uh, Feldman. So to be in that list. I feel very honored. You know, you've set you you are the bar though now, George. That oh, I, you know, no big deal. Uh, you you you're number one on my list so far, George. We uh we really appreciate you uh you joining us, and, and we'll have to do this again. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. I'm gonna make sure to uh, text Eddie right now that I've dethroned him. As yeah, yeah. Really you've, you've got to, also really quick. If you don't follow George on Twitter, do at George Stoya and Stoya is S T O. IA. So great follow on Twitter.